Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, if you haven't discovered this by now, you will eventually, but life has rules. Life has rules. Organisations have rules. Governments have rules. Uh, Christians have rules. In fact, when someone becomes a new Christian, that's always the first thing that people ask me. Like, what are the rules? How do I know what the rules are? How do I know if I'm doing right or wrong? Life has rules, right? And if rules are aligned, here's what I've found with people, is that if rules are aligned, we spend most of our life trying to live as close as we can or slightly over the line. Have you noticed this with people, that we try and push things over the line? Uh, The way that we could tell this, and if you're going to be really honest, I'm going to ask you to help me out here. But I want you to imagine that you're going up the Pacific Highway, you drive a car, if, if... you're going up the Pacific Highway and, and you see the 100-kilometre speed limit sign there on the side of the road. What type of person are you? You go to set the cruise control and here's the question. Who sets it? 113. 115. Right, because the car's just kind of out, you know, the calibration with the wheels, I put new tyres on, if I just do that, that'll kind of be there, right? Who who sets exactly on the 110? There we go, look at all the holy ones here, there. (laughs) Who sets at 100 or 90? Because, there we go, see, the sensible ones, they they realise that the, the legal limit is no more than 110. You could drive at 80 if you want to, just make sure it's in the left-hand lane. And look, I'll declare early, I'm a 113, 115 sort of guy, until my car got one of those screens on it with the Waze map on it that sees our speed GPS-wise, and so every member of my family can see the speed in the car, can't they? And so the only reason I drive to the speed limit these days is because all the family's watching. (laughs) We live these lives where we are constantly pushing things close to the line. And whilst some of us don't feel guilty about driving at 115, uh, we don't feel guilty about it, but we don't want to pay the penalty for 115 or 120. But we always want to ask this question, how close can I get to speeding without paying the penalty for speeding? The point is that our natural inclination as human beings is to get as close to the line as possible. And what line? The line between immoral and moral. The line between responsible and irresponsible. The line between moral and immoral. The line between ethical and unethical. The line between in control and I need help. We're constantly living on the edge of the limit of eating and drinking and dieting and dating and finances, of course. And so what I want to talk about this morning is that so much of this towards the edge of the line behavior is fueled by the wrong thinking. In fact, it's fueled by the wrong question. And all of this is fueled by the sort of question thinking that says, if it's not wrong, it's all right. If it's not illegal, then it's permissible. If it's not immoral, then it's acceptable. If it's not over the line, it's fine. And it's all fueled by the wrong question. And now, if the problem's not apparent to you, you know, I want you to put your big brother, big sister hat on for the moment, or I want you to put your parent hat on. Here's the thing. Would, would, you, would you ever 
parent your kids or a little brother or a little sister this way? Would you ever parent them with the way where you say, you know what, I'm just push it as close to the limit as you possibly can? <laughs> right? Well, you've got your answer. The crazy thing is that we laugh at this and there's no way we'd raise our kids like this, but that's how most of us live our lives. How long can I go on without being penalised? And if you're religious, uh, often the question is, how long, or what, 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 do I, what do I have to do to make sure that I'm not sinning? <laughs> We're constantly living close to the line, and all of this is a slippery slope. It's fueled by the wrong question, and this is where we've been going over the last couple of weeks, is that good questions lead to good decisions, and good decisions lead to good actions. And we've been fueled by the wrong question when we've got this thinking. And the wrong question is this. The question is, is it wrong? Is it wrong? And I've got a different question for you this morning to ask that's better than, is it wrong? Because a good question will lead to a good decision. And the question, the better question for you this morning is not, is it wrong? But is it wise? That's the wisdom question. What is the wise thing to do in this situation? Because I don't know about you, but I've discovered throughout life that it is possible to be right and still be a fool. Has anyone else discovered that? I'll give you an example. Uh, if you said that tomato was a fruit, you would be right. If you put it in a fruit salad, you'd be foolish. And you didn't ask yourself in that question when you're putting these little cherry tomatoes in your fruit salad, what is the wise thing to do here in light of what I know? Um, some of you have seen this in people's lives where you've been right, but in being right, it's not necessarily the wise thing to do. You've seen that with family members that you've had a stoush with and you know that you're right and they know that you're right, but you want to keep pushing it and it may not be the wise thing to do. Some of you have been in a work situation where you are right and the boss is wrong. And you thought it'd be a really good idea to bring that out and point out their error in one of those team meeting town hall type things, you know, with the projector and everything in the boardroom. You were right, but that's potentially a foolish decision. Husbands, Enough said. <laughs> yes, there, there is a scenario that strikes fear into the heart of a husband when the wife comes in and says, do I look good in this? There's a right decision and there's a wise decision that you're making that. See, it's possible, it's possible to be right and still be a fool. Uh, I don't know if you've discovered this too, is that uh, wisdom doesn't necessarily come with age. I've met a lot of foolish older people and that's the whole reason why we're in this place is because we don't want to be foolish older people. Uh, but there are people who have not learnt the lessons of life, they've not learnt the difference between being right and being wise and they've been fueled by the wrong question for most of their life and I don't blame them because it's an ancient problem. 
you'll discover as we have a look at the Bible in a second that the ancient people of the world had as much of an issue with this snuggling up close to the line and being fueled by the wrong question as we modern humans do here in Crow's Nest. And that's why one of Jesus' earlier followers, Paul, wrote to his church, the Ephesian church, and he talked to them about this dynamic of pushing things close to the line and he sets them up for a life of margin. He sets them up for a life of not rules. He doesn't give them rules. He gives them wisdom. He sets them up with wisdom. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, first of all, he says, be very careful. Be very careful. He's offering wisdom here. What he's saying there is be conscious of the grid through which you're viewing life. Be conscious of the question that you're asking. Be careful. If you're constantly asking, is it wrong? Or are you asking, is it wise? Uh, Be careful. When I was a kid, I grew up with a father who was always telling me, you know, don't get too close to the lookout. I'd go to North Head. I was never allowed to go too close to the lookout. I was not allowed to put my head over the railing. I had that sort of father. Like there was, there was a cliff face, there was a railing, and then there was the Haddon family back here. I don't know. He could have had a problem with heights. But it's the principle that we see. That's the way to parent. Be careful, therefore, says Paul. Give yourself some margin. We see this all the time. Why do people get so worried when a toddler is beside the pool? Because there's nothing wrong with it until you are. There's nothing dangerous about it until it is. And when it is, it's too late. Paul says, be careful because life works better when there is margin. Life works better when you haven't set the cruise control to your life to 113 or 115. Paul just says, be careful. Set the cruise control at or under for life. And so then he goes on to say, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. What he's, and that sounds really funny, Duddy, here, but what he was saying here, what does it mean you know, because the, the, days, the days are evil? What he's saying is that our culture is geared towards now and fast. Have you noticed that? And what he's saying is that we live in this sort of culture where, let me put it this way, who here has seen an advertisement on television? that says to you, you know what, here is this amazing product and it is great and it's glitzy and it's fantastic, but please don't buy this now. Buy this when you've found that you have the financial resources to do this out of margin. Who's seen an ad like that? I haven't. Our culture is geared towards now and fast and it will push you in that. It won't help you in that. In fact, the only ads on TV that I see that are like that are the gambling ads. And what does a gambling ad say? (laughs) Gamble responsibly which is like a total oxymoron. That makes no sense. It's the only... Our culture is not geared towards helping you with this. And so you have to recognise that uh, life works better with margin, but we live in a culture where you are going to get no help from the culture around you this week. That's why we need wisdom. That's why we need to do what Paul is going to share with us this morning. I want to share a framework for you to view this through. And I thought, we we need an Aussie... We need an Aussie analogy in all of this, particularly that we've got so many South Africans in the church. And so, uh, I, look, they're into their water. They're celebrating. They've won the World Cup. Um, 
But we are, a, you know, we're multicultural. Lots of people have come from overseas. And so uh, if you go down to an Australian beach, you will see these things at the Australian beach. And what's the number one rule, Australians, when you go to the beach? Swim between. What a wise bunch of people you all are, right? Wisdom. What Paul is saying to us this morning is swim between the flags with your life. He doesn't give you a rule. He gives you wisdom. And the wisdom is swim between the flags. Uh, we always head up to the family holiday spot at Avoca on a pretty regular basis. And that place up there has what has to be one of the most dangerous rips that I know on the east coast of Australia. It's just at the southern end, if you know Avoca Beach, down where all the cafes are. There is a rip there that will take you out to New Zealand so fast. <laughs> if you just step foot in the water. And the thing that I kind of love, but I'm also terrified to watch, have you ever done this at the beach? When it's a really busy summer's day and you watch an unsuspecting tourist come down with their bodyboard, and, uh, and all of their protective clothing and everything that's on, you know, they've just got that look about them to say, like, you just do not know how to paddle this thing. This thing is going to be a personal flotation device to New Zealand. And it is going to be the case when they step into that water and you see them, the flags are up there and they head straight to the southern end to this rip and it is like a conveyor belt to the other side of the world out through there and they jump in there with their bodyboard and flail around and um, next minute there's a rescue happening, right? Uh, it's fun. It's kind of fun, but it's terrifying watching them do that. Why do they do that? Because they're not wise to how the surf operates. I'm a surfer. Don't know if I told you that. Yeah, I'm sure you could tell by the swagger and just the athleticism. Each Sunday, he clearly surfs. Uh, but in all seriousness, I'm a Northern Beaches boy, right? So over time, I've grown up with these inputs in my life is that I know why we swim between the flags because I know how to read a rip even when the flags are not there. I'm wise in respect to the surf. But what do you do if you don't know about the surf? What do you do if you're a tourist? More importantly, what do you, if, what do, you do if you're a tourist to life? Because that's what we are. <laughs> We're, we're, we're the un unsuspecting overseas tourists coming down. Life's fantastic. It's great, isn't it? I'm just, I'm going to hop in here. I'm going to hop into a, I'm going to rip full of, 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 of living on the edge financially. You know, I'm just going to walk down here and I'm just going to jump into a rip of unhealthy relationships and see what happens. You know, I'm going to come down here and I'm just going to paddle my bodyboard around in the realm of I I immoral treatment of everyone else around me and just let's see what happens. Right. Paul, Jesus, God says, swim between the flags. And so, you ready? I'm going to give you a, a guideline, not a rule, a guideline. You up for that? And the guideline this morning is when you come to asking yourself the question about the decision that you're about to make, you ask yourself this. In light of my past experience and my present circumstances and my future hopes, what is the wise thing to do? Because I know that all of you have decisions that you'll need to make this week, next week, the week after, right? You've got lots of decisions to make. So this is, this is a grid system that you can put every decision into. In light of my past experience, one of the best uh, phrases I've ever heard in respect to wisdom is that wisdom is experience reflected upon. Anyone ever heard that? Wisdom is experience reflected upon. In fact, there's a quote that says, those who can't remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Uh, the book of Proverbs just gets even more in your face. It says, as a dog returns to its vomit... 
So fools repeat their folly. This is not a new thing. In light of my past experience, you know, these questions pop up in life, these decisions pop up, and our past predisposes you and I to certain temptations, certain reactions, certain addictions, certain blind spots that may not be the same for everybody else. What you have dealt with in your past and how that informs your present is different from how it is for me. What is right for you and wise for you is different for what is for me. And that's the thing about risk. If if I gave you a rule, the rule for my life may not apply to your life. Some of you have rules in your life where you say, you know what, I'm just not going to a bar or I'm not touching a drink. There's a good reason for that because your past, your past experience has shown you that that is not something that is healthy for you. For someone else sitting next to you, it's not a problem. Why would I need that rule? Because in light of my past experiences, some of you had upbringing, some of you have had situations in your life that cause you to react in a certain way in different situations. Some of you fire up really quickly, not just because you're out of control, but because things have happened to you that trigger you in certain contexts. And so to go into a certain conversation or a certain place for one person is totally fine, but for you, I can't go there because it's going to trigger me in light of my past experience. What is the wise thing to do? And then, in light of my present circumstances, I've got my past experience, my present circumstances. Life is seasonal, and you owe it to yourself to recognize that there is always something happening in your present, your emotions, your thinking, the life around you, that affect the decision that you're about to make. And so, most of my apologies in life stem from the fact that I haven't quite controlled my present circumstances. Have you guys found that? <laughs> that maybe if in my present circumstances, if in my anger I had just paused on the email or the comment that I was going to make, anyone ever been here? That that would not be a wise thing to do. In light of my present circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? And, you know, the Bible, uh, remember the Bible passage from the other week? talked about this seasonality of life where James says, be patient therefore brothers and sisters until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, right? Life is seasonal. It's all not now. And, and isn't that the tension that we face in some of these decisions? Should I stay? Should I go? Should I cut and run? Should I just hold firm? Should I say something? Should I not say something? All of that is dictated by your present circumstance. Is it just a season that I'm going through? Or is there something within me that just keeps repeating itself? So, you need to recognize that you are shaped by your current emotions in your current circumstances. One of the best quotes Uh, that one of my mentors always gave me was, never make a big decision in the valley. In In other words, when you're in the valley, you're emotional. You're tired, you're frustrated, you're stressed. That's someone with wisdom that says, take into account your present circumstances. In light of my past experience, present circumstances, and then future hopes. Let's be real, life's hard, isn't it? Life's hard, and life's even harder on our future dreams. I think just achieving what we want, we find hard enough, is it just me? 
But it is, it's difficult enough to achieve our future dreams. And so the big question is, why would we want to do anything silly and stupid that would rob us of what we want in the future? And the heartbreak is, but we still do. We still do. And some of you have seen family members or you've seen friends who have blown up a relationship or ruined a career opportunity or said the wrong thing at the wrong time or sabotaged a friendship or undermined their financial dreams because they weren't thinking about the future. They wanted to have it now. Perhaps for some of you, that's your story. And my heart goes out to you. I I would just say to you, like at some point, we've all done something silly to jeopardize our future dreams. (laughs) But at the end of the day, I I would just say to us, let's decide not to do that anymore. Let's decide now that we're not going to do that anymore, that life's tough enough as it is, so let's not sabotage ourselves when we go into that. In fact, um, Proverbs says, uh, sorry, not Proverbs, Psalm 90 verse 12 says, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. One of my favourite passages in the Bible and what, what the psalmist is really saying there is, let's decide now with tomorrow in mind. Wouldn't that be a wise thing to do? Let's decide now with tomorrow in mind. Let's, let's decide now in light of our future hopes and dreams. And you won't do that until you've gone and taken down three major goals in your life and put them on a post-it note. Or three dreams or aspirations of where you want to be. We talked about this way back at the beginning of the year, that your direction determines your destination. So if you want to be here, if you want to have the sort of financial freedom that you're yearning for, then make the decision now for later, for tomorrow. If you want to have a certain type of relationship out here in the future, make the decision now as to who you associate with. If you want to have the certain career path out here, make the decision now. But until we've got a clear sense of where we want to be in the future, it's hard enough as it is. (laughs) Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So in light of my past experiences, my present circumstances, and my future hopes, what is the wise thing to do? To which some of you would say, where's God in all of that? You know where I reckon God is in all of that? Um, he's, in, he's, in the, he's in, Jesus is in the big tent on the beach, you know, with the zinc on. And Because <laughs> if you found this when you swim life, there is the lifeguard. They're watching. Have you noticed this when you swim between the flags? That my dad always used to teach me, when you swim between the flags, son, you need to look back to the shore and you need to have a reference point back on the shore to make sure that you're not drifting out of the flags because you can still think if you're looking that way that you're between the flags and next minute you're in a rip. Anyone ever learnt that trick? Of course, Jesus Christ, no analogy is perfect, right? But Jesus Christ is the ultimate lifeguard. In some respects, for most of us here, He's just a reference point. His teachings, His way of life, is just in the simplest of terms, a reference point. In the way that I'm living, the way that I'm patterning my life, is this a wise decision to make in light of how this looks compared to Jesus' life? More More than that, Jesus is a body of knowledge. One of the great things that we have is you can go and ask the lifeguard if you want to. Show me where the rips are in life, Jesus. Have a conversation with Him. (laughs) The Holy Spirit will show you the surf conditions of the day. It's rough out there. Don't swim. (laughs) 
Anyone ever had those sorts of promptings in their life? You see, you're getting this. No analogy is perfect, but you get my drift, okay? Of course, there's a place for God in all of this. Jesus Christ is the ultimate lifeguard, and he models us the perfect life and example through his teachings, through the Bible. You can go and discover that. If you want to know that and you're new to the Bible, pick one up. Just look for the red letters at the second half of the Bible. That will be Jesus. And you know the great thing about this this morning as we get ready to finish up is you can do that for free. And more importantly is you don't need to be a Christian to swim between the flags. Is that the best news ever? I say that all the time, like, just swim between the flags, follow the life of Jesus, follow his pattern of life, follow his teachings and work the faith thing out later on. And so my hope for us this morning is that we would move beyond the question of, is it wrong to, is it wise? What is the wise thing to do? And the scary thing is that there is one last thing that stands in the way between you and I asking this good question this morning. And you know what it is? Your excuses. Because <laughs> you hear this, and it'd be good, you've given me the Christian moo. Mm, mm, mm. We're having a good morning here. It's, it's sounding good. I'm liking the feedback. Right? And what's going to happen is you're going to walk out of here and you're going to say, well, you know what? <laughs> um, I'm not really doing anything wrong yet. And I can handle it initially. And it isn't illegal. <laughs> oh, this is the great one. Yeah, but God will forgive me. Don't we do that, Christians? And of course, He'll forgive you. But there will be carnage and there will be foolishness all wrapped up amounts that forgiveness. If that's the way you want to live, that's cool. Keep pushing life to 113 on cruise control. Right? And our, our excuses, like we are so susceptible to them because they're true. That's true. That's true. But it's not necessarily wise. That's right, but it's not necessarily wise. And so you deserve better than that. <laughs> and most importantly, you know, we go, well, so what? Well, look, to all of this, the purpose of this question was never this morning to stop you from doing something wrong. It was to stop you from doing something foolish. And I tell you what, sometimes being foolish hurts a lot more than being wrong. Amen. So what is the wise thing to do? You deserve better. Your family deserves better. Your friends de deserve better. You may be right, but you may not be wise. And so I'll finish with a rhyme here. <laughs> and the rhyme goes like this, that there's good and there's bad, but that's not my cue. What is the wise thing to do? There's good, there's bad, but that's not my cue. That stands for question. <laughs> What's the wise thing to do? What's the wise thing to do in all this? Don't settle for good. Don't settle for legal. Don't settle for I'm not doing anything wrong. And life works better when there's margin towards the edge. And if you do, you'll often find yourself over the edge of regret. We've been there. I know we've been there. <laughs> You're better than that. Come on, you are a unique blend of past experience and present circumstances and future hopes and each of you is so wonderfully and beautifully unique that can't you see that you can't apply a rule to that the only thing you can apply to that and it's way better is wisdom and so there you go there's your homework for the week put it on the mirror 
Talk to yourself. Know that you've got permission, that you're not crazy because your pastor said so. Say to yourself out loud, Sam, in light of my past experience, my present circumstances and my future hopes, what is the wise thing to do in this moment? What is the wise thing to do in this relationship? What is the wise thing to do with my coworker? What is the wise thing to do with my money? What is the wise thing to do with my aspirations? What is the wise thing to do with my study? Is this making sense? I hope that we've moved beyond rules here, church. Wisdom is way better than any rules. And can you imagine how different your life could have looked in those regrettable moments if you had to ask yourself this question? But positively, and I don't want you to dwell there this morning, church, imagine how good your life will look if you still ask this. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. It's a new day for you. It's a new day. All of the silly things you've done is gone. It's over. And you have the choice and the ability to be a person of wisdom. And it happens so simply after this 20 minutes of rambling on, it comes down to this one question that you take away with yourself this morning. As you go out there and you make a decision, you ask simply not what, you don't ask yourself, is it wrong? You ask yourself, is it wise? Let's pray. Father, I pray for each and every one of us as we head into a week full of right decisions, a week for some of multiple right decisions. But Father God, we, we want wisdom. And so we pray that you would grant that to us by the power of your Holy Spirit as we move into each of these different circumstances. There are people sitting here and listening in right now, whether it be on the live stream, whether this is back on a YouTube clip that are churned up inside because they're trying to work out what your will is and what the right thing to do is. Father, I pray for them and I encourage them that for anyone who is asking the question, is it wise, you will grant them that wisdom. So, Lord, into all of these different arenas of life, I pray that there would be new fruit, there would be new results, there would be new outcomes, there would be better outcomes because of the simplicity of this question this morning. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.